Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to go over the Indianapolis Colts 31-27 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. This was a very interesting game to me. There are a lot of fantasy options on either side, and I'm interested to see what both Phillip Rivers and Joe Burrow can provide to those options going forward. And I think there are fantasy options And I think there is fantasy goodness to be found here. So I wanted to see how this game happened and how did Cincinnati get up 24-3? And then how did Indianapolis end up securing a 31-27 victory? So I was curious to see kind of what had happened, where did this game go, and how did they get there? And I certainly got answers when I watched it. Let's start with the winning side. Let's start with the Indianapolis Colts. You know, like I said, this game was the the tale of two halves, so to speak. Or, well, it wasn't quite the half because Indianapolis started mounting the comeback in the second quarter. But definitely the Bengals got off to a 24-3 to lead, mainly because early on the Colts weren't able to sustain drives, had a couple of three and outs and the like. And then the Bengals were, were able to take advantage. Joe Burrow was spreading the ball around. And the offensive line did a better job of protecting him today. He only was sacked the two times. so And they were able to keep him upright pretty much on all the dropbacks to a certain extent. Now, he was still having to move around the pocket. And that is one thing he's good at, absolutely, is feeling out the pocket, moving around. And as the Bengals get more blocking for him, I think he'll be able to move forward and really have something here. But like I said, it was a tale of two halves. They got out early and then... Phillip Rivers absolutely mounted the comeback. And we, we might as well talk about Phillip up front. I mean, this was definitely a bounce back week for him. He seemed to have better accuracy and a better feel for the game today. And while he still lacks a little bit of the fastball that he had, he seemed to have a better arm day today and was able to hit his targets in stride and let them run with the ball a bit. He's always been pretty accurate. It's just a question of him trying to do too much at this time. So when he's able to play within the flow of the offense, he's actually got something there, absolutely. And while people may regret sometimes when he throws a pick or the like not having Jacoby Brissett in there, I think he is absolutely capable of moving the ball in a bigger way than Jacoby is. He just makes better decisions, makes quicker decisions. And while some of them are wrong, sometimes I do feel strongly like he's capable of supporting different options at given times. The only thing is, if if the Colts were able to establish the run and get a little bit more up in this game, then they would likely be one of the teams that would really try to take the foot off the gas rather than just kind of mixing it in. And that worries me about Phillip Rivers, especially with their inability to sustain drives earlier in the day. Still, they were able to mount the comeback. The 371 yards and three TDs is certainly the peak of what Phillip Rivers can do. And, of course, they had to do that because, you know, they were down most of the game after those first couple of drives. So they, But they mounted the comeback. Phillip absolutely had it. This is why you want to draft a third quarterback in your best ball leagues, and sometimes it's best to have one of those wily veterans because they might be able to come through with these weeks where they end up starting instead of, you know, somebody you drafted in the ninth or tenth round. So – Definitely feeling good if you have Phillip Rivers as your third QB, maybe as a, a 
bi-week streamer in your bet in your two quarterback leagues, but I do feel like he's going to be a little bit more up and down than some of the options that are out there, especially in the pocket passers, especially in one of the more statuesque pocket passers that is less likely to fall in the end zone, especially when they have Jonathan Taylor, who is certainly capable of doing that himself. Now, I mentioned Jonathan Taylor. They got down big in this game early, so it kind of limited his involvement. But I did like to, to see him catching passes out there. He got the four targets. He reeled him in for 55 yards. That's something we really, really like to see out of Jonathan Taylor because it does make him a little bit less game script dependent. And them using him in more of a featured role will certainly help them and help him as far as maintaining that value. Phillip loves to check down to running backs and him catching the ball and them using him in a little bit more featured role with that is something I love to see. So while we're disappointed he didn't fall into the end zone or get there, and while we're disappointed that you know overall it wasn't quite what we wanted, I'm still very encouraged by the way he was catching the ball and the way the fe- they featured him a little bit more heavily. You know, it was a little less Naheem Hines out there, a little less Jordan Wilkes out there. And, of course, that was mainly due to not having as many carries and the like. And, of course, I hated to see Trey Burton get a Wildcat touchdown and snipe the touchdown from Jonathan Taylor. He also got a very short one in the receiving game as well, and we'll get into that. But I just hated to see those taken away from Jonathan Taylor. Certainly been a bigger game. And I think I see a Jonathan Taylor breakout coming here pretty shortly. He just He's just been unlucky up until this point to not have gone bigger. And the game script has kind of worked against him. Now, maybe that's indicative of playing for the Indianapolis Colts. But I do see bigger things for him. And I think that's somebody I'd try to buy low on as a second running back. It's hard to convert other things into running back value. But Jonathan Taylor is one that I think I'd try to buy low on to see if I could make that happen. So like I said, game script, a snipes touchdown by a tight end. That's a fluky thing that can be overcome. So I think I would count on Jonathan Taylor getting a little bit more of that shine and it just didn't bounce his way as far as the touchdowns go, you know, ended up going to Jack Doyle, ended up going to Trey Burton on the receiving and the rushing. And then Zach Pascal also got a short touchdown to kind of fill out the rest of the day there. So it was just kind of unlucky that Jonathan Taylor didn't find the end zone. And I think that's something I'd want to bet on going forward. You know, Trey Burton has been out there a good deal more, especially since Moali Cox got injured. I find Moali Cox to be a much more impressive physical specimen, but they seem intent on using both Trey Burton and Jack Doyle. So it seems like Moali's on the mend until then. I don't think I'd be counting on either one of these guys. I think it was kind of fluky, all the different touchdowns that they had there. And while they're certainly going to look for touchdowns and Phillip Rivers absolutely does target them, with them being so spread out and being a little bit more sporadic, I don't know that that's something that I'm targeting until one of them kind of consolidates all the values. Then I might be into it. It's more of a lottery ticket at this point that I think could pay off week to week, but may give you a goose egg week to week too, just depending on how the game goes. So you want to be careful with that. I guess Trey would be the one I would go for if I was going to go for one of them, but still doesn't leave me very excited for any of that, including Zach Pascal. You know what I was actually kind of excited about was uh, I kind of of like Zach Pascal, but I kind of liked Marcus Johnson better. Marcus Johnson was out there making plays, looking good, getting separation, had the long play, eight targets on five catches. I was saying I I need somebody to step into that wide receiver two spot to make me feel good about having a second option besides T.Y. Hilton out there. And I think that might be Marcus Johnson. 
kind of a forgotten guy, fourth year out of Texas. We'll see what he can do. Uh, I need to see it again before I get terribly excited, but I'll tell you, there's definitely something to his game and it's something I'm interested in seeing more of. So let's see more of Marcus Johnson out there before we go dubbing him the next T.Y. And let's see more of T.Y. before we can say he's absolutely there. Now, I will tell you this on the T.Y. Hilton front. He had a touchdown called back, So and Phillip Rivers was absolutely looking for him, and he doesn't look bad out there. feels like one of the more fluky things that happened today was T.Y. came out with the one for 11. But I will say it hasn't been the domination that we've expected, and Phillip Rivers moves it around in such a way that it kind of hinders T.Y. because T.Y. was a little bit more dependent on the deep pass. And that's definitely not Phillip's game at this point. You know, he doesn't quite have the fastball to push the ball down the field as much. That's why these shorter options are kind of thriving. Now, Marcus seemed to get be Marcus seemed to be able to get loose in the intermediate term. So we're look, we're happy with that. But I don't know. It just seems like a weird situation to try and predict at this time. So you might see Ty out there on some waiver wires. I don't know, but I think that's something I'd still try to bet on for the long term, just in case I had to. Well, let's move on to the new toy. Let's move on to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati offense. Joe Burrow definitely has what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. I don't think anybody would have doubted that, him being the number one pick. But it's not always apparent in the first year with with a first-year quarterback. But you can definitely see the different things that he has that make him special. His arm, the way he moves, the way he distributes the ball – all these things are definitely in the wheelhouse for an NFL quarterback for sure. He just needs more experience. The game needs to slow down. He's going to have more answers to the test that the NFL defenses are going to give him from week to week as he gains experience in the NFL. People are a lot faster. Everybody's an All-American nearly at every position, you know, at some point on an NFL defense. So those windows that used to be open aren't quite as open. You're getting used to a new offense and your offensive line, while it was better today, has been subpar overall. Now, also, it's, it's a fact that not all the options have been out there at every given time. There's There's been some players banged up. A.J. Green looked a lot better today, so that's interesting to me. And, and really, this is more of what the offense was supposed to look like, especially in the first couple of drives there. Now, they got shut down, and, and Joe made some bad decisions in the second half that really stifled things. But overall, I'm telling you that I see definitely NFL upside. If you have him in a dynasty, whatever it is along those lines, maybe he's your quarterback too. I feel like there's going to be enough garbage time. I feel like there's going to be enough times that they're moving the ball and they have something on offense where he will be usable in two quarterback leagues or as a streamer backup given a juicy matchup. Now, granted, wasn't able to convert in the red zone other than his own rushing touchdown, and I do see that as an area he needs to improve on, absolutely. But overall, I definitely see the NFL talent there, and I think he's absolutely going to be able to support some options here. And I think he's capable of moving to the offense to the point where he also makes Joe Mixon viable as well. Let's talk about Joe. You know, they weren't able to really establish the run like they like. Um, 32 for 98, certainly kind of pitiful. 18 for 54 for Joe. There's a big run by Tyler Boyd that kind of buoyed those yards too, or otherwise it'd be even more pitiful. Now, they did get in close, so Joe got a touchdown. Gio Bernard sniped one of those touchdowns when in one of his carries for the day that he didn't do much with. 
he probably would be the next person up, by the way, but I don't think that'd be something I'd be excited about should Joe Mixon go down. Joe Mixon is probably the only one I want to have on that. And really, it's just an opportunity-based thing where I, I like the talent and everything, but with the line not being a great run-blocking line, they're not going to end with the defense not being anything to write home about necessarily. I don't see there being a lot of dominant running performances for this team. So it's not something I'd be excited about necessarily. But if you already have him, if you have the sunk cost of, of Joe Mixon, I think he's absolutely worth starting as a, as a low-end running back too, just based on the offense and the talent. So you're happy with that. But at the same time, maybe you're looking to upgrade from Joe Mixon I think he's got enough value where you could make the jump to a better running back with giving some extra juice there. So I think that's what I'd be trying to do at this time is package Joe Mixon with a wide receiver or something along those lines and getting a better running back if I can help it. Somebody that maybe you know missed out because they drafted a quarterback, whatever it is, too early, whatever it is, I think that's what I'd be trying to do because I don't see Joe Mixon being able to do this week to week. And by this, I mean score a touchdown every week, et cetera. That may not be there. And Joe's going to be more efficient with the passing game. They just happen to get down there a bunch of times this in this game. And, uh, you know, they, they don't, they're not converting in the goal line in a very efficient way. And uh, that's something that will come with time with Joe hitting, hitting his targets and the like. He has a big target. The, the goal line is just something in the NFL that takes a little extra time to master. Now, Joe – uh, is absolutely capable of keeping Joe Mixon in the mix. That's why I'm saying running back two, not flex. Um, he's absolutely capable of supporting his other options as well. Now, how many of those and how you're going to want to start him is kind of a mystery at this time, but I like what I see from T Higgins. I think he's the one that I would want to have. And of course that's the biggest fluctuation because he is a rookie, but from a size speed standpoint, I really like what I see there you know, it kind of reminds me of a bigger A.J. Green a little bit. I guess just a little bit more muscular. But uh, I definitely like what I've seen there, and I think he's going to continue to get better. I don't think the 125, while it may not be that good every day, I think that's not an aberration. I think they will continue to look for him. A.J. Green definitely looked a lot better today, as, as well as Tyler Boyd. Is this? I imagine this is what they had in mind a little bit more when they were kind of drawing things up and trying to put this together. So I think if they had their druthers, this is kind of what it looked like with a little bit more successful running. And while the offensive line certainly needs to get better and improve, I think that's somewhere they'll continue to invest in. I think they have some options to work with, with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. A.J. Green's going to be a free agent, and I doubt they, they franchise him again. So he may be on the way out, but he did look better today, and I like the role that he was serving. I'm just not sure where I'd be starting these guys. I think A.J. Green would have to be a desperation wide receiver three. T. Higgins is looking more like a solid wide receiver three, maybe a bi-week wide receiver two. And uh, Tyler Boyd, probably in that same mold, maybe a little bit lower, maybe more of a, a three a flex. The fact that all three of them are there is what worries me for all of them is that he kind of, Joe Burrow kind of spreads it around. He doesn't have a dominant target like some of the quarterbacks do which is fine. I think it's better from a football standpoint to do it that way. But from a fantasy standpoint, that doesn't do a ton for us. We, we worry about those options that they may have a little bit more fluctuation and then they may not be able to move the ball so successfully against a team that's not the Colts. Not that the Colts are bad on defense and they definitely made a comeback in this game because of the defense shutting them down and getting a tighter coverage in the passing lanes. So it's a big deal for the Bengals, especially when they're going to have tighter matchups with the Ravens, et cetera, to watch out for that, to know that, hey, these 
these wide receiver options could be vulnerable if the offense is stifled. And that's a little bit bigger of a risk with a rookie quarterback. So you have to be aware of that and just kind of bake that into the price of the wide receivers. Well, that's all I've got for this game. Very entertaining from both of these squads. I look forward to seeing them again. Appreciate y'all's time. Like, listen, subscribe, look, look at the videos and everything. That certainly helps. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day.